Despite the rise in cases in Isla Vista, the community continues to be home to many large gatherings, in direct violation of Santa Barbara County's revised public health order. The current order limits gatherings to outdoors only, with members of no more than three households, with masks and physical distancing required. Still, parties continue to persist, with many of them attributed to repeat offenders. To hear more about Ivy Foot Patrol's response and recent developments, KCSB joins Deputy Justin Schroeder, Community Resource Deputy with the Sheriff's Department in Isla Vista. So can you start by giving me a rough timeline slash overview of the COVID situation in Isla Vista um, since the pandemic began? Were large gatherings of more concern earlier in the pandemic or now? Um, certainly more of a concern now. So when COVID kind of got really ramped up back in March and April, uh, when everything was first starting, the population in Isla Vista really dropped dramatically. And that had to do somewhat with uh, the summertime coming up and the school year ending and everything kind of going online. And so we saw a really dramatic decrease in the population in Isla Vista, which actually caused our management to close the Isla Vista Foot Patrol Station. And so for a time there during last summer, the station was completely closed and any calls for service were just handled by the uh, patrol deputies who were working Bolita. There was no actual foot patrol staff out here. So uh, we didn't see a whole lot of parties. We didn't see a whole lot of gatherings and, and partly because um, the foot patrol guys just weren't out here walking around, but also the population was, was very low in Isla Vista. Um, come the fall, we did see uh, an increase of population in Isla Vista. I think we're at um, somewhere around 95% occupancy. So Isla Vista is pretty much fully occupied. Um, we just clearly don't have campus housing full. So um, it's not the full population, but the people living here are, are pretty popular. So um, we certainly have seen an increase in the parties as of late compared with the start of COVID. Mm -hmm. And at the IVCSD meeting last week, you mentioned, or one of the deputies mentioned a shift um, from a more educational approach to an enforcement approach in recent weeks. Can you explain how IVFP's policing approach has shifted over time? Yeah, it's, it's been a learning curve for sure. And uh, I think the community has gone through different requests of us. And so uh, towards the start of the pandemic, nobody really, I mean, it's brand new for everybody. And so it was uh, tough for us to get a gauge on what uh, the Board of Supervisors and everybody else wanted from us. And so it was told to us at that time to take a very, very educational stance. And so what that meant is if we uh, got dispatched to a party or we saw a large party, we would try to pull the organizer out and educate them on the COVID-19 pandemic. We carried around educational flyers. Um, we posted mailers all over Isla Vista. And so it was just really trying to gain compliance through warnings and education. Uh, as we progress kind of into this past fall with the numbers rising, um, more restrictions being put on local businesses, uh, even the stay at home and the lockdown orders, uh, our stance changed because we saw that educational approach was no longer really working. And the same houses that we would warn and educate about the pandemic the very next weekend they were out there doing it again and hosting a large party and so um, both through our management and just the feel in the community we we realized that we need to take a more uh, enforcement-based approach and so uh, instead of warnings 
now if it's an egregious violation, which we usually say is maybe over 20 or 25 people, uh, they won't be given a warrant for a violation of the public health order. So speaking of the public health order, um, that's been, at least of today, February 1st, it's where it stands right now is limiting gatherings to outdoors only with members of no more than three households and masks and physical distancing required. Um, so it was said that beginning this past weekend, the Santa Barbara Sheriff's Office was set to begin issuing fines. Um, did fines end up being issued this weekend and what was that process like? Um, so I believe the fines that you're referring to are uh, what the county is calling their administrative fine citations. And so it's a brand new document and a new way of dealing with the public health officer order, uh, which allows law enforcement, but also park rangers, public health officers and others to issue these citations, with, which are administrative and not criminal. Uh, over the past weekend, we did not issue any of these. We're, we're trying to still work out kind of internally how that's going to work because this is a brand new form. Mm -hmm. um, we did, however, still issue the regular criminal citations for the public health order. So it's not a, we're not issuing the fines yet. We're just still issuing the criminal citation, which will then be forwarded to the district attorney who will decide uh, to pursue fines or, or whatever the, the DA decides to pursue. So we, we haven't started issuing those administration, administrative fines as of yet. Can you speak a little bit more on the criminal um, citations that you mentioned? So once it goes to the district attorney, is it out of your hands? Like what happens next? It is out of our hands. And so uh, just like any criminal matter, a report is authored, it's submitted to the district attorney. And then at that point, they decide uh, how far to pursue it. We actually have not um, received any feedback yet on what the final outcome of those citations are. Uh, our understanding is the courts are a bit backlogged. And so uh, these, these citations that we're writing get submitted, but we haven't uh, heard the final result. Um, on, on the front end, just kind of some of the issues involving that criminal citation. So you just mentioned the health order, um, no gatherings with more than three households. And as you know, in Isla Vista, that's pretty difficult to determine for us. And so um, is the household the whole apartment complex? No, I don't think so. But some of these big houses that have 10 or 12 bedrooms with 20 people living in there, if, if those 20 people each have one person over, is that a violation of the order? So it, it's just really tricky to, to figure out in a community like Isla Vista what constitutes a violation of that public health order. because. Um, like a fraternity just out playing volleyball or basketball in their front yard, it looks like 40 people are gathering, but those 40 people technically all live there. Um, so that's not a violation, even though it looks like it should be a violation. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that there's been some repeat offenders. So specific homes where parties have been continuing during the pandemic, even after you've been warning them. Um, have you been able to issue citations to these party hosts? And if parties continue, what's the next step? So like, could landlords get involved or is that not really your jurisdiction? Yes, so the first part is yes, we have now uh, been issuing citations to those uh, houses that tend to be repeat offenders. And uh, luckily it's it's a pretty short list, which is good, but it, it is too bad that, that it's had to come to citations and they, the folks who live there can't seem to take the responsibility to act in a way that's appropriate. Um, 
But uh, to answer the second part of the question, yes, I do work very closely with the landlords um, on this and other issues. And so uh, this past weekend, I worked with a landlord to start the eviction process on some of the tenants that are just flagrantly violating the health order. And so um, on the landlord side, they are, are also starting to crack down more on these uh, people who are hosting the large parties. And then additionally now, UCSB and City College are getting more involved uh, to the point where if it's one of their students that's determined to have hosted the party, um, I'm being told that they're pursuing various academic, um, I, I don't know if they're suspensions or expulsions or what, what they are, they don't inform us what the end result is, but uh, that they're pursuing enforcement on their side as well. So. Uh, these people are starting to get themselves into more trouble because they start with a citation and now they have to deal with the landlord and then they might have to deal with school and everything else. And so it's just really starting uh, to stack up on these folks who aren't, aren't uh, taking the health officer order seriously. Mm -hmm. um, and just in general too, how has the UCSB administration been um, towards IVFP? Has it been helpful or supportive in assisting you in clamping down on party houses and especially at Greek houses? Um, yes, they, they are supportive. Um, I think now we're all really working together uh, on a unified front to, to go after these people. Uh, towards the beginning of the pandemic, I wouldn't say they weren't supportive. I think everybody was just trying to find out what their role was in this. And so um, we weren't working together very closely with the university at the start. And everybody felt like, you know, this is a law enforcement job. Wait, no, it's not. It's a university job. No, it's not. There's kind of maybe a lot of finger pointing going on. But mm -hmm. at, at this time right now, I think everybody has come together really well um, to be united on this front that we really need to tackle this problem to get the pandemic under control. Um, and so during last week's IVCSD meeting, you also spoke about the difficulty of trying to respect people's rights and privacy while still needing to do your job and respond to these large gatherings. Can you speak more on this and any limitations to your jurisdiction? Yeah, just I, I kind of briefly touched on it before um, where I mentioned uh, that some of these households in Isla Vista have uh, 20 to 25 people who reside there. And so if those 25 people decide that they want to play some music and have a party just just uh, amongst themselves, those 25 people, uh, the neighbors may call and say, hey, they're violating the health officer order because there's 25 people partying. So we'll respond. Um, but that's where we get into this gray area of how do we prove that not all those people live there? And so we don't want to knock on the door and force our way in and and violate these people's rights who are gathering in their own home like they're allowed to do with their own housemates mm -hmm. uh, before we confirm that they're not having people over. And so generally we'll wait outside and if we start seeing groups coming and going freely, that tells us that it's more of a party that's being hosted versus just the residents. And so um, we really wanna, we do wanna be very careful to respect people's rights to live and do what they want in their own houses as long as they're not violating the, the health officer order. So it's a, a back and forth that we, we have to go on every call to make sure we're doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And you've kind of touched on this, but can you just give like an overview of how IVFP typically goes about responding to noise complaints and breaking up parties? 
So what's that process been like? What exactly happens? Yeah, the the noise complaint aspect of it hasn't really changed a whole lot. We still have the county ordinance that prohibits amplified music after 10 p.m. Sunday through Thursday and after midnight on Friday and Saturdays. And so that ordinance is still being handled the same way. And so if if somebody calls and complains about loud music at 1 a.m. on a Friday night, uh, the deputies will respond and it, they could just be one person playing the drums by themselves and they'll still be issued a citation because it's a violation of that county ordinance. As far as the large gatherings go, uh, same thing. We'll usually receive a complaint. We'll respond to that address. Um, and, and like I just mentioned, uh, instead of just knocking on the door right away and either issuing a citation or breaking up the party, usually we'll observe for a little while. And like I said, we're observing to see, is this just the house that's partying or are they hosting a party with uh, people coming and going in violation of that order. And so at that time, the deputies will determine, okay, now it's time to go make contact and issue that citation and shut the party down. And generally, once you get the music turned off, you advise people that they're in violation of the public health order. We haven't had any major confrontation stem from that. Um, at that point, the party usually breaks up and people go their own way because um, they're, they're all in violation of that health officer order. And so if they decide to remain, um, they could be issued a citation as well. So generally they will all scatter and then the party host is the one that we issue the citation to. Um, and just out of curiosity, have you been met with any like hostility or maybe even violence from partiers or anti-maskers in the community? Uh, we luckily, it hasn't come to the point of any physical violence. There certainly has been uh, a lot of verbal abuse uh, kind of on, on both sides and from, from different groups. Uh, like I, I said, for example, we'll get called to a house. Uh, I, I was working a couple Friday nights ago, so I was actually on, on this call, which, so I can speak to it. And, uh, we were dispatched to a house again, a very large house. And it looked like to us about 12 people were inside and the music was loud and there was, you know, hooting and hollering and they were having a good time. But through the windows, we could only see about 12 people. And so we made the decision that we were not going to contact that group because it looked like it was just the people that lived in the house. Nobody in the five minutes we were standing there, nobody had come or gone. The doors were closed and they weren't like welcoming people from the outside. And so we decided not to take enforcement action. Well, I a group of citizens thought that that was the wrong decision. And so they were, uh, had some choice words for us for not going into this house and shutting it down. But that, like I said, I, in, in my opinion, since I was there would have been wrong for us to do because these were just people in their own house. So we were met with a lot of verbal confrontation there. Um, same thing when we do break up some parties, there are some strong opinions that, um, that people don't have to wear masks and don't have to social distance. And it's a violation of their rights somehow for us to enforce these um, ordinances that we have. And so uh, uh, confrontation on that side of things as well. Uh, like I said, luckily it hasn't turned into any physical altercations. And eventually when we explain why we're either doing what we're doing or not doing uh, what we're not doing, people kind of seem to understand and then and then let it go but um, I think 
emotions and tensions are just high everywhere with, with every issue right now. Nobody likes having everything shut down. I haven't met anybody yet that likes going to school online instead of in class. And so I think just little things can trigger people to the point where maybe they wouldn't have been so upset before, but they, they're more upset lately. When I, and I can totally understand that. And I also wanted to ask earlier in the pandemic, there were a few reports of IVFP officers not wearing masks and neglecting to socially distance while on duty. Um, can you speak more on this and what the mask wearing policy currently is for IVFP officers? Yeah, the current policy is that we, when we're interacting out with the public, we need to be wearing masks at all times. If I'm sitting here in my office with the door closed, I don't need to be wearing a mask because I'm not having any interaction. Um, I can't talk too much about um, the folks that weren't wearing masks. Uh, originally, we had some people assigned out here who, uh, through their, their private doctor, had authorization not to wear a mask due to their medical condition. I'm not able to disclose what that condition was, mm -hmm. um, but those folks have been reassigned, so they are not in contact with the public anymore. So at this time, everybody working at the foot patrol out in public will be wearing a mask. This is kind of a more general question, but why do you think party culture in Isla Vista has persisted during the pandemic? Um, yeah, so just in, I guess this will just be in my opinion, because um, there's no real evidence of it. But uh, I think, I, I don't know. I mean, they're young people. And so I think some of that group feels kind of invincible like even if I get sick it's not that big of a deal so why do I need to worry about it I'm not going home to be around my my relatives and my older family so let's just I'm in college and I want to have a good time and it's just kind of a a young mentality again that's just my opinion I don't know for sure but they just want to do what they want to do but uh, there's also a huge group of very responsible people who don't want to see that happening and so uh, it seems like those two groups are kind of at odds out in the community. And I, I hope, I hope we can get to a, a common ground here so we can get this thing over with and get our schools and everything else open back up. Mm -hmm. And along those lines, would you say that partiers in the community are generally responsible for the uptick in cases in Isla Vista, or should that burden be placed elsewhere, like on the university or local law enforcement response, or is it just not, you know, productive to be placing blame and pointing fingers right now? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I certainly would think that these large parties would have to do uh, with the spread, um, but I've, I'm I'm not a doctor in any way, shape, or form, and so uh, could the spread be happening with people walking on the beach just as much as parties? I guess that's possible, but I I certainly would think that. If you have a hundred people crammed together in a, a tight area and everybody's dancing and singing and um, to me that would seem like that's the most logical place that we're getting these the, the spread of the virus but again I, that's not really my area of expertise i'm just assuming that that's a cause um, but yeah I, I don't know that placing blame is all that helpful i guess at some point we need to figure out who's responsible and have them take some responsibility for that. But mm -hmm. um, I, I also just, I, I personally just don't like to point fingers too much and place blame on somebody when I don't know for sure. Great. Um, those are all the questions I had for you, but is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, no, just to folks listening. I don't know how many people are going to be listening to this, but I just, 
want to thank the people who have been in compliance with the public health officer order um, and have heeded our warnings. I, I really appreciate that. There, I know we're talking a lot about citations and enforcement in this interview, but there's also a big chunk of people who may have hosted a party, got the warnings and the education from us and changed their behavior. So I really want to say thank you to those folks and uh, to the people who uh, don't want to comply with the order. I just really urge them to rethink what they're doing. Uh, look at the larger picture, see what this is doing to the community, see how this is prolonging everything that we're going through. And just um, maybe again, looking at the bigger picture, think about changing that behavior to help us all out. Thank you to Deputy Justin Schroeder, Community Resource Deputy with the Sheriff's Department in Isla Vista for joining us to discuss the recent uptick in large gatherings in the community and local law enforcement of the public health officer order. With KCSB News, I'm Ashley Rush.